Chapter Two of Little Pilgrimages Among the Women Who Have Written Famous Books. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Pilgrimages Among the Women Who Have Written Famous Books by Edward Francis Harkins. Chapter Two Francis Hodgson Burnett, Mrs. Townsend. By the name of Frances Hodgson Burnett, she is still known, although early in 1900, in Genoa, Italy, she became Mrs. Stephen Townsend. Generally, too, she is thought of as an American, while, as a matter of fact, she is English by birth. However, during the greater part of her life, she has been an American, in sympathy as well as in residence. It is America which has awarded her the highest praise as a woman, and the heartiest applause as an author it is american incidents which constitute the subject of her most ambitious novel it was at an american university that her son vivian was educated and numerous other ties have made her sufficiently american to warrant giving her a place in this book as a writer said a few years ago americans regard mrs burnett as a countrywoman mrs burnett was born in manchester england on november twenty fourth eighteen forty nine her father who was a well-to-do merchant died when she was ten years old and not long after the father's death the hodgsons moved to tennessee whither an uncle of francis had preceded them but even before leaving england the little girl's remarkable powers of observation had been put into practice the story goes the english home of the hodgsons was in islington square and in the rear of it, at the end of the yard, was an alley on which were the homes of working people. Through the bars of an iron gate, as a little child, Francis watched the people who lived in the alley. One day, when the little Hodgson girl was only nine years old, she saw the face of the girl whom she afterwards called That Lass O'Lowry's. She saw the lass only twice once the little thing was in the midst of a group of children knitting away and moving among them with an authoritative air the second time the lass was retreating home proudly yet obediently before a coarse and brutal father upon reaching america the hodgson settled in knoxville but the war of the rebellion ruined the uncle's business and so the mother gathered her two sons and three daughters about her and went to live in a log cabin in the country at that time, Frances, according to a friend who has known her from childhood, was a bright girl of fourteen, who had been carefully educated in a private school, was thoroughly grounded in her English studies, spoke French fluently, and was a good musician. This same friend, by the way, assures us that Frances was able to read by the time she was three years old, and before she was five she was writing little stories in her copy-book she produced the greatest quantity of this sort of literature before she was twelve but when it was decided that they were to come to america francis with the courage of a spartan made a holocaust of the small library the misery into which the hodgsons were thrown first by an unprofitable settlement of the father's estate and afterwards by the adversity of the uncle acted as a heavy strain upon mrs hodgson who the daughter of a cotton manufacturer of large means had been reared in luxury, and at the end of a few years the strain proved her death. But meantime, the children took up hard work enthusiastically. Frances got a position as a schoolteacher. 
the parents of the children whom she taught paid her in eggs flour bacon potatoes and other country produce and on this primitive kind of salary the family subsisted they were not an unhappy family even then says a witness of their struggles though the boys had to undertake work of a humble and laborious sort and their whole existence was one of dire toil and deprivation they were jolly young people who when work was over had concerts together each playing a different instrument and all of them were fond of books of which they managed by hook or by crook to possess themselves francis's hobby was story-writing to quote what an intimate acquaintance of the author wrote when mrs burnett first moved to washington we can well imagine no day dreary and no evening long in that household a circle which in later years has become familiar through her pen as vagabondia the first essay at a story that might go beyond the approving audience of vagabondia was attempted in her thirteenth year written and read not told to her two sisters when she was nearly fifteen edith the younger member of the household saw practical financial results in this production and promptly advised sending it where such things were paid for the young author was startled at the proposal though doubtless her mind had already awakened to the possibilities of a future success if not fame the only difficulty to the younger sister's mind seemed to be postage stamps neither had the nerve to ask the head of the family the elder brother for the few pennies lest the shy maiden and her aspirations should become the subject of ridicule the difficulty was overcome by the betsy trotwood of the family as edith was significantly called who proposed that they should gather a basket of wild grapes from a neighboring wood and the lucre thereby obtained should be used to send the precious manuscript to balu's magazine and to that basket we may remark hangs a romantic tale but first let the other story go on the answer was gratifying and complimentary but the offer was to publish the story without remuneration it was far more than the young writer had expected but it was not satisfactory to trotwood who sagely remarked that if it was worth praising it was worth paying for so by request it was returned then it was sent to godey's lady's book whose editor not only accepted it but also several other manuscripts on fair terms thereby having the distinction of first giving encouragement to a pen that has won a world-wide recognition later miss hodgson became a regular contributor to peterson's magazine mr peterson not only was publisher but became an interested personal friend to him more than to anyone else she feels indebted for the encouragement that induced her to continue in the arduous work once mrs burnett was trapped we use the expression advisedly for she seldom unearths the past into a reminiscent mood and she gave virtually the same version of her first experience with publishers the story was miss carruthers engagement mr bellew said it was a good story but that he could not afford to pay for it so at the author's request he returned it finally it reached godey's their readers says mrs burnett doubted its originality and mr godey wrote me that he liked the story and if i could prove that it was original he would pay me twenty dollars for it and that i might set about writing another at once i wrote in reply showing them that the story was undoubtedly my own and to prove it sent them another called hearts and diamonds and for the two i got thirty-five dollars 
do you remember your sensations on seeing your first story in print mrs burnett was asked yes i can she answered i know i read the story over and over again and it seemed much more interesting and better than it did in the manuscript the money i got seemed to be a great deal and i felt that my vocation in life was fixed and indeed i have been writing from that day to this the old files have been ill-kept and we have not been able to trace the author's career back farther than a story called ethel sir lancelot which appeared in peterson's in november eighteen sixty eight the acceptance of miss carruthers engagement and hearts and diamonds certainly did fix their author's vocation as the reading world knows but let us go back to the basket of fruit that the hodgson sisters picked that memorable day the fruit was sold to the mother of a young man named burnett swan moses burnett to which young man in eighteen seventy three after he had taken his degree as doctor of medicine francis eliza hodgson was married he was twice miss hodgson's age it is said that in mrs burnett's lasso lowry's may be found a spiritual description of him as he first appeared to her the hero with the crippled arm was in real life so crippled that he was obliged to walk with one knee stiffened using the toe of his foot to step upon his face while having somewhat of the painful expression of a physical sufferer possessed in a high degree the beauty of intelligence its expression was sensitive sympathetic and above all intellectual all these qualities distinguished the young man observation was habitual with him and at first he became interested in the girl merely out of curiosity she attracted him even more by her brightness than by her prettiness they were married in eighteen seventy three and divorced in eighteen ninety eight they had two children lionel who died in paris ten years ago of consumption and vivian who is the subject of his mother's most popular story little lord fauntleroy it is a curious circumstance that the petition for the divorce of the burnets was filed the day vivian came of age yet the doctor who by the way is a celebrated eye specialist and his gifted wife were uncommonly devoted to each other in the early days of their romance as we shall see after francis's literary bow the hodgsons prospered they were able soon to move into a pretty vine-covered house which at the young author's suggestion they significantly called mount ararat just after francis's engagement to dr burnett mrs hodgson died and for some time literature and domestic economy were in each other's way but one of the hodgson boys married a sister of dr burnett and relieved of her new burden francis already well known as the author of surly tim's troubles scribner's eighteen seventy two visited england upon her return she and the ambitious young doctor were made husband and wife but of what avail was his ambition without the means of satisfying it so his wife in little more than one year wrote three novels then the burnets lionel had been born moved to paris there vivian the second son was born when the doctor had completed his studies the family came back to this country and settled down in washington there dr burnett still lives he is spoken of by his friends as a kind and brilliant man that last salaries was planned during mrs burnett's visit to manchester just before her marriage 
and was published in 1877. So discriminating a critic as Richard Grant White referred to the story as the flower and crown of all recent fiction. That and Pretty Polly Pemberton and The Fire at Grantley Mills were the tales which met the expenses of the journey to Paris. One of her novels, A Fair Barbarian, was the first work of an American romancist to receive the compliment of publication in the century after it had been published in another magazine, Peterson's. The success of Little Lord Fauntleroy, by far the most popular of the author's works, and in truth one of the most popular bits of fiction ever written, has barely faded, though it was achieved in 1886. The dramatization of the story alone brought Mrs. Burnett a handsome fortune. It was the talk of the literary world when the graduate of the Tennessee Log Cabin bought herself a palatial house on Massachusetts Avenue, Washington. The success of A Lady of Quality, both as a novel and as a play, added another heap to the novelist's gold, and then she took a house in Portland Place, London, and a magnificent country seat, Maytham Hall, Rolvenden, Kent. She and Mr. Townsend collaborated in the dramatization of A Lady of Quality. Mr. Townsend is also the author of a novel, A Thoroughbred Mongrel. Up to date, Mrs. Burnett's, or Mrs. Townsend's, great disappointment has been the comparative failure of the de Willoughby claim. I now look upon it, she said, before it was published a couple of years ago, as my greatest work, and what I hope to make the great American novel. It was brushed aside by greater American novels, and some of Mrs. Burnett's oldest friends among the critics scolded her for it. Mrs. Burnett's new book, The Making of a Marchioness, appears too late for our criticism. We understand that the author is at work on two other novels, at least one of which will be published next year. Hard mental work, says one who saw her lately, has not left marks with Mrs. Burnett. She is as rosy and young-looking as she was fifteen years ago, with the same tawny hair and the same baby-like eyes. Rosy, then, and young-looking still, rich, happy in a new-found love, somewhat eccentric, enjoying praise. Such is Mrs. Burnett today. End of chapter 2